We are not millennials. We are matured. Brought up on collaboration as an art form. Delivered as value. Hey, my man. This is unusual. You're sitting down and I'm standing up. Yes. I'm normally the lazy bugger and... I'm getting old. Is that it? <laughs> is, that, is that how you feel? Well, we're in a different venue. We're actually in Moraine's place today rather than uh, in my normal office. So we get a nice window with cars driving past. So, and here's a bus. Listen. Yeah, you probably can't hear that. But no, I have to electric. say, I have to say, normally during the day, so there's a Ferrari garage nearby, there's an Aston Martin garage nearby. They just opened up a Bentley garage and a an, uh, Lamborghini garage. This is and the place to live if you're a petrol head, isn't it? This is actually, this street is actually one of the streets where they do their, yeah, well, if you're going to buy one, you're going to do a test run. So this is actually a street where they do the test runs. So I love working here next to the window because every now and then, like 20 times per day, I just hear this. Do you end up running and tripping over yourself to get to the window in time? I used to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because every, every once in a while, I, I really run to the, to the window. But, uh, well, I'm going to sit here just in case. And no, there's just another bus. Well, it's evening time, so I, 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 don't, I don't think there will be lots of... Uh, so this is a Commsverse special edition. It is. It is. Yes. We yes. Um, we are both heading off to Commsverse. So by the time listeners listen to this, it'll be a few days before we do our first in-person, touchy-feely, look into the blue of their eyes presentation for over a year. Exactly. I wow. love that. I so love cool. that. Yes. Bring it on. And Absolutely. We, it's 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 such a pity. So earlier today we got the uh, message that uh, Ignite is gonna happen, yep. but it will be virtual, which is totally understandable, but kind of a meh. Oh no, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad because we can't go to America at the moment. Oh yeah. So okay, imagine okay, okay. that if it was running and we weren't allowed to go. Oh yeah. That would be more frustrating. Yeah, but they could do like uh, like the tour, the the ignited tour that they did a few years ago. So then, yeah, then we could that. go to Amsterdam or to London or both, and it'll happen. Ah, well, kind we'll of feels. Listen, we'll be able to go to England for Commsverse. That yes. was well, we're assuming so. Yes, but we will go by the time because tomorrow night we should have the the uh, the UK government will decide whether we're red or amber. Oh, everybody's saying it's going to be amber, but the numbers are too tight. And amber is a good thing. Amber means that we can go there, but you have to have a test when you land within two days. Okay. So you need to order that. If you don't have it ordered, they won't let you in the country. You've not researched any of this, have you? I haven't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay, okay, This okay. is the new world, remember? Okay, yes. Um, who was we talking about the other day was saying they were flying and all of a sudden they'd forgot how difficult it was to organize on, on sunday i went to the bakery and just i i decided to walk and it's it's like a 20 minute walk and i came there and stood in front of the windows like oh i forgot my mask so i'm not gonna walk back I, that. I had my jacket with me so i just put my jacket around my head and then went inside to order <laughs> i did the same thing a few weeks oh. ago to the bakers and uh, i'm sitting there with 
with a something over my mouth, and she got so pissed off with not being able to understand me, she gave me a mask. <laughs> to oh wow! Wear, wear this. So yes, it is. Uh, oh, it's it's so. But on the other hand, it's a good thing that wearing a mask hasn't become like the new normal yeah, for yeah. me because you know that half the time I'm spending in the Netherlands and you are not. Uh, you, you don't have to wear a mask anymore in the Netherlands. So well, you, you if don't you have just, to wear a mask in no. Belgium anymore, but people still are doing. Well, if I go to the supermarket or whatever, I just have to wear a mask in Belgium. You yeah. don't have to do that in the Netherlands anymore. But people still do? Uh, no. I, I, I rarely see somebody with a mask in the Netherlands. Well, that's interesting because in the UK, they're saying that uh, 80% of the people are still wearing the mask, even though they don't have to. Okay. But... I think it's going to. I think. I think we're all generally a little more careful. Okay. I did Alcatraz weekend last weekend. Mm-hmm. Where you're testing before you went in. Then there was Alcatraz no not being the the. Yes, Alcatraz the prison, festival in Cortrecht in Belgium. Yes, yes ro- not hard the, rock uh, festival. San Francisco. Yes. But yeah, so twenty thousand people thereabouts and no masks. It was a strange experience in your head. I you know? bet. I bet. Uh, yes. But it all seems to have gone well, and 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 that was cool. Anyway, Comsverse. Yes. So <laughs> back to business. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So I've yes. got some stats for the. Uh, so let's see whether we can get the dates right this time because we had to correct our podcast last time exactly so Moraine when is Comsverse 15 and 16 September yeah all right cool, Wednesday cool. and Thursday yes where is it it is in Mercedes world in uh, south of London that'll do fine yes yes yeah it's, south of the UK it's kind of yeah. uh, south uh, north southeast is southwest w- of London Weybridge Weybridge yes yes yeah. all right nice cool. area yeah. it's an old uh, the old Brooklyn's Formula One circuit from the 50-odd years ago. So that's okay. Cool. okay. And it's going to be there, according to Mark, of course. He loves this venue, so it's going to be their kind of permanent venue when we, <gasps> we first spoke. Yes. And, uh, and where's the speaker dinner going to be? Oh, that's going to be in the in the Air, Aerospace Museum or something. Specifically in? Oh, man. The, 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 no, no, it's going to be in the Aerospace Museum, but they also have a Concorde airplane that you can get into yes but we're going to have drinks in the concord we're going yes to we're going to have that's drinks in the concord but that's, that's cool. yeah yeah all right here's the good one yeah. then two days it's all about ms teams how many sessions oh i'm i'm guessing 156 oh really where do you get that number from i don't know it's 73 stuck in my- <laughs> that's close enough yes <laughs> well I've just counted the programs there's 73 okay. that, I mean it might go up or down one or two yeah. uh, because some of the keynote sessions and stuff like this okay so yeah so it's going to be a cracking event and it's all about MS Teams mm-hmm. so uh, do an estimation how many speakers or how many sessions do you think will be live and not recorded because it's going to be a hybrid event some of the Speakers will stay at home and do the event by teams and other uh, speakers will be there. Like, estimation. I actually don't guess. know the answer. I'm, no. My guess is 30% will be on site doing it. Depending 30? on the English people. Okay. I'm guessing around 70%. You think? Okay, we'll we be can there. find out. Yeah. Well, uh, a little bit later on in the podcast, we'll have one of the organizers. Then we'll uh, make sure we ask that question. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, um, I had a question in my head then and it kind of disappeared. So each of these sessions is going to be hybrid. So it yep. doesn't actually matter whether or not the people are going to be there or not. 
Exactly. Because if you're doing it remotely, you will still be presented and projected into the actual room mm -hmm. uh, live at the event. And if you're standing there, you'll be projected out to the hybrid connected people. So, uh, yes, it's it's a full-blown hybrid conference. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was so looking forward to this. Mark, uh, Mark was saying when we spoke to him a few weeks ago um, that he's actually having the room set up half and half. So one half of the room is set up just like any other conference with rows of seats. Hmm. And the other half is set up with chairs one and a half meters apart. So that if you're okay. still uncomfortable, so you can sit wherever you want to. So if you've had a bad curry the night before and you don't want to embarrass yourself <laughs> um, by uh, producing had, a few yeah. obnoxious gases, yeah. uh, then you can go and sit in the ones with the 1.5 okay. meter distance. So no Indian food. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. 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 All right. All right. So what we thought we'd do is we'd just pull some items from those agendas. So some interesting points. Exactly. And I think I'm going to start off with... Wait, because like half of the sessions will are going to be all around voice and calling and which we yes. very technical which we both know absolutely zit about you speak for yourself uh my career was in yes. voice okay, okay not that i know how no. it works in ms teams well actually okay. i do a little bit yes. and of course you remember you're talking to the man that was managing to get jabber and ms teams working when we was at atlas copco that's true that nobody's yes. ever done since because it was just too expensive to do of course And actually, it was using the audio codes machine, which is, of course, we spoke to Jason from the, the last podcast. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Basically, we, you had to put an audio code box in every single place that a telephone number came in so that it could choose whether it got rooted into MS Teams or rooted into Jabber in some okay. very smart way. And I have to say, above my head. Yeah. Uh, but of course, if you've got a global network and you've got like, you know, 90 points where voices coming into the... Uh, Yeah, it's going to get expensive very soon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but anyway, but I, I do get mm -hmm. you. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot that we can learn there. Uh, yes. About how this stuff yes. connects together. Exactly. So, we'll we will not be talking about those sessions. No, <laughs> and nobody's allowed to come to our sessions and ask too many complicated technical questions because we're the fun brigade. <laughs> <laughs> already yeah. covering your ass I know yes. I was going to okay, say okay, not okay. only am I covering my ass yeah. but I'm now opening it up for the challenge aren't I yeah you know, okay, the okay so tell okay. us what you're presenting my friend let's start off with your session um, I am going to present on how to have the best teams meeting that you can have so that means uh, going through the options of setting up your teams meeting having your teams meeting, closing it down, like how do you get people in there? How do you choose uh, a live event versus a webinar versus uh, a regular teams meeting? Uh, it will be a lot with scenarios and I will talk about policies that you can set up, um, uh, lobby work, uh, things like that. Yeah. Lobby work. Yes. So If, for example, I've got a customer, it's, one of, it's going to be one of the scenarios. I've got a customer where they do, um, where they create documents for a customer, like a report for a customer, and they will have a last uh, meeting around that report without the customer. And then after half an hour, they will invite the customer in. So okay. they need a lobby for that. I think that's true. I mean, thinking about it, I would have real live meetings where for the first half an hour you'd have the the technical team doing the network and then the yep. next half an hour you would have 
a different member of the team in maybe you know the uh, you know the desktop team yeah. talking about the uh, applications of the software and then you would exactly so that's yeah. true I never thought about yeah. that and the amount of times that I have had to just break down the meeting okay look I'll just set it all up again just call back in in two minutes exactly Ooh. yeah so it's nice. it's going to be all around how to use what and and what kind of policies do you want to set up and what kind of applications do you want to use and and things like that okay so all scenarios well i'm going to take my um how to uh, basically make sure you've got a, a high value ms teams for the business mm -hmm. uh, it will be updated because i think i've done it two or three times now um but it's really based around the fact that you know when teams first came out how many years ago now it's four or five 15 mm, 20, three 17, three and a half yeah whatever Something the number like is that. but it you know the number of configurable items is more than doubled in terms of settings the alignment with security policies on your network uh, the policies uh, around all of your applications and all those kinds of things mm -hmm. um, even the simple stuff like trying to decide you know how Will the system deal with me being on the phone and another call comes in? And how can I work out what the business needs to do that? So we're going to start using agile processes to create a kind of backlog of, of uh, user requirements. So we'll go over that process. Okay. Uh, and we'll, get, we'll start looking at some of the, uh, the, the things that you can adjust and can't adjust. Okay. Basically to make sure that your baseline governed MS team service is uh, is what it needs to be, and All I right. think I'm uh, at the end of the. We're both at the end of the first day. Yes, and uh, we won't be drinking whiskey. Won't we? Well, afterwards we might. Yeah, but not at the event itself. No, no, no. Probably not. No. No. So yes, yeah, so we're both on the last session of the first day, just before the event party. Yes, that is the best slot that we can have. Yes. Yeah, it is because. Yeah. Uh, so don't go straight <laughs> to the party, guys. All right, those of you that's going to uh, Commsverse, come and see us. Uh, we're at the end of the second day, so that's cool. So what else, um, you know, have you seen in the agenda that kind of that sets you on fire? Okay, so I've got a bunch of well, sessions. Choose one that I want to see. Okay. So I'll I'll just go uh, through the through the uh, sessions list, and uh, the, the first one, of course, after the. Um, how do you call that? The first session of the day. The keynote. Oh, the keynote, exactly. After which the is, keynote. Which is from? Caruana and... Uh, what's the other guy's name? Ilya? Something like that? Yes, something like that. Yeah, so this okay. is the Microsoft lady. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, cool. um, so after that, there's the um, Keeping Up with Microsoft Teams, Daily Problem or Amazing User Engagement and Content Opportunity. So, of course, for me... As a writer of content blogs and videos and, and podcasts around Office 365, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I really want to see Mark Thompson's uh, take on this, how he wants to tackle this. Okay, so how do you, what do you think he's going to be covering? Any idea? How would you deal with it? Oh, well, well, I've, I've actually in the, in, the, in the past, I've done a bunch of keeping up uh, sessions That's keeping true, up yeah. with SharePoint keeping up with all, all kinds of things so the thing is of course Office 365 being an evergreen system always changing uh, I think there's there's a, a big need for uh, 
the communications department and the IT department to talk together around uh, changes that are happening and to inform people with a key user group. And yeah. there, there are some things that you can do, like set up a Teams team around changes, things like that, monthly or weekly or bi-weekly newsletter. Yeah, yeah, so all the, all the usual yeah, kinds of exactly. processes. Exactly, yes. I, I have to say, one of the, in that particular area, one of the things I'm looking at at the moment is how you decide which ones you're going to pick up and run with and which ones you're just going to ignore. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, I think, again, I'll be looking at those that add value to the business yeah. and, and those that don't. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to go into some kind of super complicated complex items as you say there's a lot we can learn so one of the areas that i really don't know so much about um, and i think it's one of the reasons why a lot of businesses initially don't go down the let's throw all our voice onto ms teams scenario is the contact centers okay you know where you actually have 40 people whether it's for sales or support or customer support so uh tom arbuthnot is have i got the name right I guess so. I guess so. Okay, you're not somebody you know. So Tom Harbuthnot's got a session called MS Teams Contact Centers and Options. And I, I just kind of find that there's enough decisions to be made around MS Teams in terms of that baseline release and that baseline governance yeah. you know, without how, really having to decide on you know how you're going to manage contact centers. Uh, and I know that uh, in, in one of my current clients, um, we actually have all of our WebEx and Cisco stuff running in parallel to MS Teams with a kind of two or three year plan on how you migrate that WebEx and, and Cisco Jabber voice across to MS Teams. Um, and so we position MS Teams to do something nice and simple. And it's mainly down to what to do with contact centers. So okay. Tom's session on how to deal with contact centers. And, and I'm assuming, because I don't know, I've not looked into it, but I'm assuming there's some core center functionality built into the way you manage the voice. So there are stuff you could do already. Like if I'm busy, then, you know, yeah, move, ring, move ring the next person or have a queue. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, looking at that, that's going to be quite interesting. Yeah, because so I, I, would, I would kind of imagine that uh, there would be specific software for help desk or contact center situations where you actually have your integrated system a call system next to your knowledge yeah. management system or your master databases that you want to look stuff up and 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 change things it's amazing what we assume isn't we yeah you know i mean if somebody talks about collaboration talks about chatting talks about working together talks about have setting up meetings talking about uh, you know um uh, just generally being able to say look you can set up little video calls for people on every individual project, you know, set up your channel structure. So we know that, but we have to assume, you know, the detail of voice yeah. because it's just too big to do it in one go. So okay. I think it's good. Yeah. And I think that's why Commsverse is MS Teams focused. There's kind yeah. of enough to do. Oh, it's, it's huge. It's humongous. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, All so right, that's so what I'm going to cover on that one. It should, cool. should be a good session. Yeah, the next one I'm going to do is one that we already talked a little bit about in a previous podcast. It's all about users versus security. Ah, yes. Uh, so Zoe Wilson is going to give us some uh, user perspective uh, on that. Uh, so I really want to see what her take is on those things. Because for one of my customers, I'm currently working on a security plan 
just wide-ranging security plan on yep. everything security related like how do you get into the building and stuff like that Neat. so everything security related so i really want to see her take or hear her take on on how do you battle how do you do the battle between having an optimal security and optimal user experience yeah I'd, and if I'd, that aligns with what we've said a few episodes ago yeah but obviously the balance is functionality versus security and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff um i had an interesting conversation uh in in the in one of the offices the other day uh because um this organization uh, was using windows hello mm -hmm. and it uses certification mm -hmm. process yeah so you have a special certificate on the laptop and and basically something you have something you know is you put the key in for the certificate which then sends off to sign you in um, and then you get your token for accessing which you know is last for eight hours or whatever you need to to yeah. get you authenticated yeah. um, and it was amazing how many people in the collaboration sharepoint office resource 5 team were worried because these certificates were about to run out and okay. they was going, is this going to stop you logging into and you having access to and are we going to have a service down and all that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. No, this is just going to get you the token. So your normal password and ID will still continue to get you the token. You'll just lose the functionality of your Windows Hello. So your oh, face okay. authentication, yeah. your pin, it won't get you the token. So as long as you can get the token. And there are so many ways of doing that now. Whenever I have to put a PIN number in, whenever I have to put a face identity, all of that just gets me the token. Yes. Once I've got the token, I'm then authenticated. So, you know, the, the knowledge around some of these simple sort of access control kind of things surprised me um, because these people are supposed to know how to use a logs into Microsoft 365. Okay. And yet I find that at the other end of the scale, there's a lack of, knowledge there too so okay the security uh, I, I, I don't know anything about that so oh wow it's it's yeah isn't it amazing how you can be hyper focused I, and don't get me wrong mr mvp you know in your <laughs> ms team stuff i couldn't do that because i like that that's yeah. why they didn't give me mvp you're too breadth too, too broad wide, yeah. too broad not specified okay. enough so there is an advantage of focusing my yeah, daughter no, had a absolutely. conversation with my daughter she focused on stuff and she zooms in if i'm not thinking of six things in a day i'm not comfortable you know and i jump from one thing to another that's what i do it's the way i work whether that's right or wrong i don't know so yeah, yeah. interesting okay but everybody's different which is you know okay okay okay, okay yeah sure so for me um i kind of want to drop into this kind of hybrid working is is interesting. We talked to Jay on the last podcast yes. about what I thought this hybrid stuff was, and he yeah. kind of corrected me and said, "No, it'll be like this." And and, and in some, it was right. Of course, his his opinion was very valid. I I don't know how my traditional way of creating a team and feeling like a team is going to work where with hybrid working. Yeah. So, you know, uh, hey, guys, we need to set up the next quarterly planning. Let's go and have an away day. And you have an away day, and, and then that away day tends to work. And I know we can still do those things, and you yeah. will still be able to do those things. But that away day just basically is kind of the rise of the team, and then it kind of starts to die down until you need to do the next away day. But you see everybody every day. You you get to, you know, you have that level of... Um, 
sort of interaction that you're yeah. used to, that you're comfortable with. So any of the sessions that are particularly around, you know, how in this particular one, how to ensure the feeling of togetherness when working remote from uh, from Caroline, I think is going to be interesting. I think this is a huge task. I don't think it's as easy as the title. No. And I'm, for, I'm sure she's aware of that, of course. Yeah. And if we talk about adoption of new services, um, we're lucky in that the teams we're working with now a year later is still the team we started with a year ago. But what happens when somebody joins that team? They've not met anybody face-to-face -face because exactly. you know, yeah. they're doing remote working. Yeah. So I think there's a huge expectation from the users. And if we thought adoption was difficult, not in a hybrid situation, imagine what adoption is going to be like in a hybrid situation. Absolutely, and yes. Trying to get everybody to run the same kind of processes and, and, and um, operational processes is kind of... If you can't slap somebody when they do it wrong, how can you? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. This is a very good point. No. So I've, for the past year, I've done two major projects and they both were 100% remote. I've never saw anyone from those both projects in real life. But you were focused on a delivery. Yes. But, but as a, an operational team supporting an operational service. I get that. I, yes, I, I, I get maybe that. I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking yeah. of the taking I think all the risks. Th like one one of the things that I'm 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 saying to my customers that are worried about this uh, is do daily stand up meetings with your team. Do like virtual daily stand up meetings. Yeah, but what if five people are in the uh, in the office and four people are not in the office? Do we all need to do it remote? Does everybody need to do it from their own laptop, or can we stand with the five people in the office in the same room while the other ones are not? Yes, that's all uh, mechanics, isn't it? Everything is good. Yes, it's all exactly. And Just I threw, do I threw it. Threw this yeah. at Jason last week. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But um, I. I I still wasn't entirely certain about his response. I, you know, he says, I love this term because I think I pulled it out. The we and me meetings, you know. Yes. Meetings for we and me and we. They're absolutely right. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, suck it and see. Adjust accordingly. But I, I think it'll be interesting. So Caroline meeting uh, session on that. Uh, well, Kata, Car Caroline uh, Kutukari. Yes. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So yes, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that session. And of course, also the keynote speaker. She's very much into adoption. And, Caruana, and, yeah, yes. She's Caruana, also so. going to talk about uh, taking a human's first approach to hybrid work. Beautiful, yeah. Typically Microsoft. Yes, but exactly. That's fine. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. No, 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 no. Because they're, of course, talking about like a huge environment. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how that's going to pan out and what kind of gold nuggets I can yeah. take away from those sessions because it's something that all my customers are worried about right now. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy it because I can have my rock music blaring out while I work and all exactly. that kind of stuff. Exactly, yes. So, and people know that I listen to it because I can never quite get the volume down before the meeting get answered. Yeah. So, you know, here we go, Steve, it must be Steve because I can hear Eclipse bouncing around in the background. But uh, yeah, so I, I do get that. <laughs> yes. So one that I'm, I also want to take a uh, listen to, because I don't think he will be there. Uh, Michel uh, Pisarek is uh, the one where he's going to talk about a pragmatic governance for teams. Um, also something that we've talked about quite a lot with our baseline governance uh, is, sessions yes. that you're going to talk about as well. Um, so I, I really, I, I known 
Michel, I've well, I've never met him in real life, but we've exchanged messages at some point. Uh, so I've been following him for over 10 years. He's been one of my guiding people that I look up to when it comes to governance and stuff like that. So I, I'm really curious to see uh, what kind of pragmatic ways that he's gonna, he's gonna show us. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is an interesting process. This. Um kind of pragmatism around all of this. And I think it's in some ways it's the way to go. The risk, of course, is that you need to have a mind to your roadmap strategy. It's probably more and more important now. So yeah. this is where we're starting. This is where we're going to aim to. These are the intermediate stages so that everybody knows when new functionality comes in play and, and all that kind of stuff, especially mm -hmm. at this point in time because Microsoft seemed to be having a, a very high productivity level with new changes and, and new functionality. Um, none of them have got delayed since they announced them from last Ignite this time. I can't think of anything that's significantly not happened. There's bound to be one or two examples. Yeah, yeah, there, there's definitely a few, like the, the backgrounds and, and the, uh, the yeah, custom backgrounds, but, but stuff not, like that. Not yeah. huge, not, not yearly. Not, no, you know, not yearly, but definitely a few months later. Yeah. There's still stuff coming out on such oh, a, yes, such a regular basis and, yes. and trying to keep on top of that at the moment. Yeah. So I have a, a project for a client to actually design the process so that they can keep on top of all of the things coming in Microsoft 365. Yeah. Because you have a certain window when you kind of get the notification that it's going to be released on the roadmap, but you can't trust anything before then. So if it, it no. says hey, it's going to be coming in June 2021, the bottom line is until they say yes it's going to hit preview you don't have a fixed window size yeah because even when it's on the roadmap say let's say early october it will be end of october beginning of november that's my experience yeah. for the last year so it will be a month later than people will say on the roadmap but now that you have that public preview that you can set up for your for some uh, accounts and actually now teams is following uh, so if you set it up for Office Public Preview, yes. then Teams will actually follow that as well, or it's going to follow that. It has no choice because there's so much of it now bleeding into the desktop application. Yeah, but now you can say, okay, I want to have a developer preview, I want to have the public preview. Yes. Uh, so that's going to follow the Office uh, suite. Well, so that's Windows 11, is that the number? Yeah. Then, Or is it Windows 365? No, Windows 11 is going to be, that's going to have the totally revamped, rebuilt And there's going to be so much integration in there that you're going to oh, have no choice. Yeah, yeah. No, that that is going to be a like bit for bit rebuilt application that's going to fix like a gazillion issues. Have we seen any sessions on that at all? I've not seen uh, no, any from running no. down the list. I didn't see any. No, well, the problem is that Comsverse, of course, has been announced a long a time while. ago. Yes. And we had to send in our sessions a long time ago. And That's true. Yeah. And I wonder whether the current dev sessions are under some kind of non-disclosure thingy. They won't be under non-disclosure, but, you know, uh, the maybe. demonstrations. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But yes, I think that pragmatism is true. Um, again, I, as I said, I got a process to write, so it'd be interesting to write that process. Because the real problem is you trying to get the information far enough ahead to plan. And pragmat pragmatics may well be that you know we just stay three months behind the rest of the world, because mm -hmm. then we know when we can roll it out, we can do the adoption, and the people have to accept that. 
And and yeah. maybe they'll accept that. Maybe they yeah. will accept, yes, we know we're going to be late, but we know when it's going to be delivered. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Because it's it's kind of getting into your environment or not. Yeah. And you don't have a choice. You can't say, okay, I want to wait with this functionality to roll out until next Monday. You can't do that. So No, and I think yeah. that having that structure and organization and a knowledge and roadmap for everybody to see is very pragmatic. Yes. So maybe that's the kind of stuff we'll see. But yeah. No, it sounds fun. We'll see. Okay. Then I've also, if we're still talking about adoption, uh, uh, Laurie Potmeyer's uh, session around uh, managing highly engaged team. I, for one, I really wonder what a highly engaged team looks like because I've never seen one. Oh, no, they're those that, that are constantly raising tickets about something not working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those oh, people. And, and I've okay. just saw a video yeah. on YouTube that I can do X and Y and Z. Why have we not got it yet? Oh, those no. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know whether no, that's true. But, I don't but, think it is. But No, but I I, I think it's, gonna, it's going to be cool. But then I really want to see, like, okay... What are the tips to manage a team like that? Because then maybe I could do a follow-up session around, okay, tips to to engage a lowly engaged team. <laughs> it's an interesting question, isn't it, about what the resources are required to support teams that are highly engaged. Do yeah. you assume that they're very knowledgeable, so therefore they need little support? Or do you think they're driving you forward and they need Lots of support. And if they're highly engaged, do they keep creating teams left, right, and center? Could be. Yeah. So, I, and I was How do you define a highly engaged team? Yeah, exactly. exactly. What's that definition? Yeah. Is? Some, I guess a team that, that use all the functionality all of the time mm -hmm. and expect it to move with them in terms of adding new functionality in there. So uh, I'm assuming it's a great question, actually. It's a very, very good question. Yeah. But I was also thinking... As an organization, what is the kind of average ratio between the number of employees and the number of team sites? We must have been doing it long enough to know where we are with groups. Let's say groups, not team sites yeah. necessarily. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm. Uh, I think um, one of my largest customers, six thousand users, and I think we're up at fifteen hundred. Okay. Groups now. Okay. That's kind of one to four. Yeah, because I've got one customer that's the other way around, 60 people and around 600, yeah, 600 SharePoint sites. It's yeah, not well, really uh, groups, groups, but yeah, yeah but but it's the same, same they thing, could have been groups. Yeah, yours yours exactly. is specifically because it's outward focusing. I assume that's the customer. Yeah, so every about. every yeah. project is a uh, is a SharePoint site, and we need to keep those SharePoint site as a separate SharePoint site. Yeah, and, and I do the same thing with with content and retention. Yeah. So uh, as a mm -hmm. sites, yeah. but that's uh, but yes, yeah, so I kind of wondered what those numbers are because uh, maybe in a highly engaged team, <laughs> that number's higher or lower. I don't know. Could be, could be. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I, I, I will not see because actually Laurie is talking at the same time as me. I'll, I'll go so, and take oh, notes for you. Oh, good, good. Yes. Oh, okay. you can just grab a slides and, you know. Yeah, okay, well. Grab anyway. it by the slides, get a drink around and say, okay, now give me a private presentation because I missed your session today. <laughs> hmm. well she's she's probably not going to be there as well because she's from the US so I don't, ah, don't yes, think she she'll is, she will travel to the UK but anyway but then let's talk about 
the next day because the 16th of September is actually where the hardcore shit happens. So this is the proper uh, level 400, level 500 stuff uh, that's going down. So, and as Jason said last week on the podcast, he says he loves this conference because it, it is very, very technical. Exactly, yes. So I've got two sessions for the 16 setup. Uh, one is how can you automate things in Teams to ease your day as an administrator? I think that is going to be, I hope that is going to be super helpful. I read that session and my question in my mind was, what would you adjust every day that you would want to automate? I've got no idea. No, nor me. Is, mean, it, is, it, going to, is it going to be about uh, Teams creation? Is yeah. it going to be around, uh, I don't know, tickets? Is it going to be around uh, questions for connectors? Is it going to be around call apps, issues? Adding new apps? Yeah, I've got no idea. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, for teams that you set up for people, um, uh, we talked about apps earlier, but do you kind of uh, let every app be available on your team or do you turn them yeah. off? You just let them, no, even yeah. the third-party ones? Yes. Wow. Yeah, every, everything goes. Anything goes, yeah, in my teams. In your teams? Yeah. Why? Like, why not? Because you don't know how to turn them off. <laughs> no, of course. But why, why, why wouldn't I? Because, for example, um, at, at the university, that was my, my last customer. Uh, there were teams working with... Um, oh, crap. What's the name? I f always forget that. Like, like this collaboration software where you can actually draw together on... on whiteboard? On, yeah, something like a whiteboard, but then from, from a different player. But they also have teams so integration. Third party whiteboard. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And they were using that, so they wanted to use the app as well. But last so, month yeah, sure. there was two new apps added from um, a, cabaret, a, a Caribbean telecoms company. Okay. So the, is, that's only useful if you're actually making calls into the Caribbean. Sure, I get that. So why would you want to clutter up your app store with stuff that is irrelevant? I don't know. You, I'm, I'm, so you have an Android phone. Do you do that on your Play Store as well? Say, I only want to look Cor at corporate these. wise. Yes, because, but, but there's, there's ignoring the security side. Yeah, yeah no, okay, yeah. You don't want any app that's going to start sending your data to third-party places. So ignoring no, no. that for the time being, just the the efficiency. It's, be it's because it's a really long list. Yes, of yes. course. But I'm not gonna a new added all the time. I'm not gonna scroll through that list. I'm just gonna type in whatever I want. Same thing like when I look at the Play Store because I want to have an app that, let's say, I want to keep track of all the the countries there are in the world and which countries that I've visited already. Like the like a bucket list of of countries that I still want to visit. Something right. like so that. So then you end up with five, six, ten. Exactly. So yes. which one do you choose? I don't know. The one that looks best, that has the best ratings. From a corporate that perspective, is free. <laughs> so from a corporate perspective, you don't want people inefficiently placing content into an app that then it's the wrong one and they've got to start moving it around. I get that, but do, is then the answer I'm going to disable all, all five of them 
And if they want something, they have to ask IT and then IT will do a thorough investigation of all the apps that are possible and then we will supply you with an app. Is that not the standard requirements gathering process? It is. So why would you not do that? I, I get where you're coming from. I, yeah? I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm like a Rasta, power to the people kind of person. Lazy bastard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Long hair, unwashed. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, yes. there's value in it. As I said to you earlier, I was having a problem trying to get channel calendars working yes. because mm -hmm. this, the policies on this MS team site are set up so tight that even though everything says it should be there, it's not. And so somewhere around there's something stopping this being displayed and worked. So yes, there are downsides to it. Mm -hmm. But I can also put my hand on heart knowing that none of these are actually breaking my DLP rules or sending data to a place that they shouldn't do because a user says, yes, I love that app and I'll accept all your rules and regulations without reading them. And my legal team's not looked at it. So, yes. Um, I so get that. I get. So when you talk about this kind of automation, I can imagine, say, I want to use this app. Yeah. So then there's an automated process that maybe checks some of the rules about it or workflows it off to legal to say, hey, is this something that we can allow in the organization? Mm -hmm. um, I get, yeah, I get that. And it's super valid point, of course. From a security standpoint, you want to regulate that and you want to give the users the best app there is. So you need to do that uh, requirements gathering and, and analysis before no, you I, do I, that. I get where you're coming from. I mean, it's... Uh, and that's why I've had this question in my head the last three or four weeks of, you know, what resource do you need to have in place to manage? It's it's kind of the same question with, okay, I'm starting a project and I need a place to collaborate. Am I the person that is allowed to create a new team or a new SharePoint site, however I see fit, with the choice that it might be the wrong fit? Or do I send an inquiry to the help desk and say, look, I want to start a new project. Can you give me a place where I can work around and they can ask me questions, gather requirements, do an analysis, and then they will set something up for me. So that's a choice you make. Yes. That's fine. Exactly. Except that, as you mentioned, Android phones, you're now talking about 500, 600, 700 apps. So you're not talking about three places and three choices to no exactly yeah. it's a lot bigger decision yeah and the risk is significantly higher true so i mean i know all of these apps go through a microsoft process but it's mm -hmm. a, an ai driven one that basically looks at making sure that it won't bring down you know the, uh, the, 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 as the, opposed yeah. to copying all of your data off to to somewhere else true so that's so yeah, I was, as I said, I was just trying to work it out. So that session sounds like it will be fun trying to work that out. Yes. But um, we have 75 sessions that are probably not going to give us all the answers to some of the silly questions that we're even of course thinking not. through yeah, here. Exactly. And we don't have the same questions with SharePoint. No, we didn't have the same questions with SharePoint. But now, of course, the SharePoint online store is getting very much the same with the apps that you can now add and, and provide in, the connectors that you can add and provide into Power Automate and Power yeah. Platform, the connectors you can add into MS Teams. There is a lot of decisions to be made. Yes. If you had And to still, there is no connector for Power Automate that says... If a task in a plan changes, then trigger my workflow. 
yeah, which is ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. So I can't have a workflow whenever somebody like completes a task or changes the due date of a task. Or when a task is late, I can't have a I can't have a you workflow for can. that. You can probably pick it up with API. Yeah, you need to build your own connector. But that's the way Why? this is going. Oh, well. we'll we'll have a whole bunch of sort of tools for that. Anyway, I got asked a, a odd question today as well. Um, can an you, adult question or an, an odd question? Uh, I uh, an adult question <laughs> and an odd question. No, actually, let me start again. It was a very interesting question okay. that said, "Can you remotely set somebody's?" status not the not the uh i'm busy or i'm not busy but the okay. the status text that says i'm working from home or oh, i'm doing this kind yeah. of stuff okay because from the hybrid working what they wanted to do of course was say yes you have but we you wanted to book a desk this is your desk so in the morning they would set the status for that person so i'm they at could desk on 147 and it would say where oh. you're at and then it would automatically update it so that's I went, pretty cool i'm kind oh. i i went no but I'm sure there must be a way to do it. Yeah. And uh, it was surprisingly quick. It's Microsoft had just updated something in August, uh, July of this year. Okay. And so you can do it with a graph API. You can actually push in the status to somebody's account. So. Well, that, that is actually pretty cool. It is, yeah. So that it, means that I can just build my own little PowerShell that will set my status every morning based on something hmm i haven't got out of bed yet having a good time leave me alone <laughs> something like that my or, alarm goes off yeah. or indeed as when i'm in in antwerp or when i'm in uh, the netherlands so what it could do is uh, because you have these um time-driven things um it could actually look at the location of my phone and write that down as I'm actually, to, I'm currently in Utrecht. I'm currently in Antwerp. There you go. It's mm. amazing what you can do nowadays. This technology. Hmm. Okay. 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 Cool. But anyway, but it was good That's to cool. be able to kind of pick that up. Yes. Uh, and that one I managed to fix in, you know, five or 10 minutes, bit of research, bit of look at this, find out what other people are doing. Um, but Trying to work out why my channel calendar wouldn't work. That one did take me a yeah, long, long time. Yeah, I get that. I'll yeah. tell you the other thing that took me a while as well uh, to fix was um, finding public sites. So joining okay. a public site should be very easy. A public team, you a mean? Public or, team, yeah. yeah, public okay. team. Yeah. So it should be very easy. You go to join a site and you should have them all listed there. Yeah. Unless you have enabled the uh, search process for separating your security that says... I'm going to separate the company. This half of the company can never see anything oh, from yeah, that yeah, half yeah. of the company. Yes. So that's yes. something that runs through all the apps. And if you turn that on, then you don't get the public sites displayed. So it's just one of those oh, weird things. Whoops. And, and in this case, I'd found it a while ago, two weeks ago, turned it off, and so waited for it because it says it takes 24 hours. It yeah. never turned up. So I'm thinking, again, I have to go through all of these policies to find out where the problem was. And I don't think I saved it. <laughs> oh, no. So, so two days ago, I went, I'm just going to double check that setting. And sure enough, yeah. it wasn't on. But yeah, you know, that's quite normal. <laughs> Hashtag screwed up. <laughs> but again, it just brings right. out the, the argument that if you're going to put a design document together for now for for MS Teams mm -hmm. in terms of what you're going to set up in terms of policies, yeah. it's it's not an easy task. How long will it take? It depends. How much control do you want? 
Do you want to do yeah. it in the Moraine way or do you want to do it the Steve way? Exactly. You know? Maybe um, that should be like an industry standard, like the Moran <laughs> way and the Steve way. Yeah, yeah moranandsteve.com. Check it out. Exactly. Check it out. Nice. Converse, the hybrid conference 2021. Tell us everything. And so we're going to continue uh, talking about the events from Converse and the sessions. And we've got Martin Boom here, who's going to tell us a little bit about the keynote speakers. Uh, Martin, uh, what is your role in the event anyway, Martin? Why don't you uh, just tell everybody what your job is at Commsverse? Because I know you're one of the original instigators of the uh, event. Yeah, so I work with Mark. So I guess Mark kindly gives me the title of T-Boy. Um, but I, I'm one of the co-organ. I'm one of the co-organisers. So with Mark and Randy and Philippa. Um, so we're one. Of, you know, I'm one of the organisers of Commsverse. Mark being the founder and leader, um, and you know, me being T boy. Um, I do all the jobs, um, which is good. So you were the yeah. member of the staff, weren't you? So I think Mark came up with the idea and said, "Hey, Martin, why don't we do this?" Yeah, yeah, and that was it. And I was very interested to jump on board and you know, I'm always up for a conference. And I think, you know, our original vision was, you know, try and make one of those link conferences um, that was in Vegas and we never got to. So, um, yeah, I mean, awesome idea and just wanted to jump on board and, and help in any way and be part of it, really. Brilliant. All so right. there's about 10 days to go as we sit and record here now. Um, yeah. So how is it generally going? What's the overall feel? Yeah, generally very good. Um, I think in terms of like when we're looking at, you know, numbers, we're, we're in sort of the final 50 sort of in-person tickets left, um, which is great, you know, outstanding from where we, we are. And you know, with, with all the, I guess, reorganization and chops and changes and things, it's, it's, it's amazing, really. We can only thank, you know, everybody who's invested in, you know, not only in the community, but in us in comms versus organizers to put on this event. So we thank everybody, you know, who's who's going to come and be part of it, really. Couldn't do it, with everybody. Cool. Couldn't do it without everybody. No, I get that. Mm-hmm. So, guys, listeners, you're down to the last 50 tickets. So if you want to come to comms verse, the dates are the 15th and 16th September, and we're down to the last 50 tickets of real in-person visitors. So, So that's good. So what's the total number going to be then? We're working towards like 400 in person, but you know, we've also had to make, you know, we wanted to make sure that everybody can be part of this. And it's very difficult for people, especially with traveling and all, all the unknowns at the moment. So it is going to be a hybrid conference. There is the ability to join remotely, you know, be part of the sessions in the rooms, ask questions. Um, so t- total numbers, yeah. I don't know fully, but, you know, we'd like to see as many people in person and get the community back together in, you know, in one place. But we appreciate that, you know, there are challenges and, you know, whether you're remote, we still want you to be part of it and feel like you are as in person as we can. Because I think people, you know, people are very eager to meet up and be together. Which Yeah, I think everyone is, is super annoyed with all these uh, virtual conferences. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people will still come back to an in-person event if they're able to do so. Absolutely. So yeah. uh, what about uh, the uh, exhibitors? Um, it, w- would you have uh, like an exhibitor hall? Yeah, so we've got, um, so I think we've got 244, 44 exhibitors. Um, so we've got like an expo hall. So uh, currently when we last did a site visit, that was full of Mercedes-Benz cars. 
being at Mercedes-Benz World. Oh, so no. All the, yeah. All the cars will be shifted out and we're going to take over. It's the second floor. Um, and, and that will be all the exhibitors halls. So, yeah, currently sort of 44 exhibitors. 41 of those will be in person because we, we also have some exhibitors who... Um, we still want to be part of Consverse, but for, for, for reasons that they can't travel. Um, so, you know, we thought about how can we bring exhibitors there remotely and we will have you know, the ability to to connect with exhibitors remotely as well. They'll still have a stand, but you can go to the stand and have a team's meeting and chat with them. And we'll have somebody that somebody there to, to sort of person their, uh, their stand with them. So you've still got that connection, even if the exhibitors can't be there, which, you know, in this world, it... We've got you know, a number of different challenges, but we've just been trying to work around them. So that'll be good. But 41 in person, which I think is outstanding, really. So. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I have uh, this vision of a television standing there with a head going, hey, yeah, yeah. You, come talk to me. Come here. No, no, let me tell you. Come. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were kind of think we were kind of thinking of like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory when he walks around exactly. with that eye with that iPad face and he's walking around. So we imagine, you know, can we bring everybody who's remotely and get them zooming around, you know, converse like that? I mean, how cool would that be? But uh, we'd have we'd have things yeah. bumping into each other everywhere. But uh, yeah, it's good. So, uh, but we, we last time we went, we found a few more spaces. So we, we you know we're still trying to we're still contacting a few more sponsors. We've you know, people have been very been reaching out to us now, wanting to come and sponsor, and I think you know wanting to be in person and see people. So, can't thank the sponsors. That's excellent. That's not, not really, yeah. No, that's excellent. I can imagine those robots. You know, those ones with the little iPad at the top of them on the end of the stick. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. With our community, people would have wigs on it in no time and try to put T-shirts on them. And yeah, oh yeah, the, be you'd be sticking stickers on them with lanyards and. Yeah, lifting them up and putting them everywhere. We'd have a zooming round everywhere, going up the lifts. So we've we've been talking about the different sessions, as I said, that we're going to visit, and and our own sessions, guys. So Moraine and I will be doing separate sessions there. Uh, you've got some awesome keynote speakers, though, Martin. Tell us about them. Yeah, so we've got Caruana Kitimu. Um, so she is, uh, I think, a senior program manager from Microsoft in the, in the customer advocacy group which i think runs the the team's community and in ilia brookstein as well that's uh, ilia's the general manager of teams devices as well from microsoft so um and uh, yeah they'll be talking their, their keynote is all wrapped around you know building teams in a hybrid workplace so you probably heard and you know hybrid workplace and hybrid work is, is quite a big thing particularly I think with Microsoft, really? I've never yeah. heard the term for well at least three hours. Yeah, and the word hybrids, you know, I think you can see it's everywhere. But um, yeah, so they're <laughs> going to be talking about you know building teams and talking about you know how the global workforce has changed forever. And unfortunately, they can't be there in person, so they will be joining you know remotely from um, from Seattle, from the US. So you know we will be, I guess. Uh, the keynote will be hybrid uh, and it will be joined remotely. And, you know, it's not just the workplace that, that's changed to hybrid. You know, events has changed in so many different ways. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll look at, you know, Kawana will discuss, you know, how you know, people maintain connectivity with peers, use the features of Teams, you know, and then Ilia across devices. Because, um, yeah, you know, we've seen the use of, you know, use and demand for devices in so many different ways and particularly now working hybrid and moving from people being in 
the office, people being at home, how do you make everyone feel included and inclusive in, to, you know, in meetings? And you, know, you can see the world has changed forever. I mean, my wife, has, you know, she works from home, never had the option before, and she doesn't want to go back. She found she's more productive. She goes to the office and she's more of a distraction or she gets distracted. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that would be great to see, you know, from a uh, from Kawana and Ilya around, you know, using team in this way and joining hybrid and talking about the hybrid workplace because we've had, you know, there's a lot of interest in from building some of the workshops that, that, that I do, you know, particularly around hybrid meetings, hybrid work, and workplace, you know, lots of interest, particularly how, you know, people have had to quickly adapt, but then also look at, you know, adapting long term as well. Because you know, I think it was more of a reaction to, in some places, but you know, now um, it's it's going to be something that will be here for the long run, I think. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that keynote because I, I know Caruana, she's a great speaker. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Ilya that well, uh, but uh, she, yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be f- full with real good advice. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So um, uh, how about speakers? Um, so of course, this is going to be a virtual event. So how many speakers uh, will be? will be there in person? Yes, so the majority of the speakers will be in person. Um, I've been going through the room agendas and looking through and getting, make sure we've got the right people in the rooms. Um, And, you know, we have had to, I guess, change some two remote speakers, which we knew we would have to do that. But the majority is still in person, which is great. And going through the agenda, there's just a, a fantastic range of, speakers i think from the community um sharing their experiences and i think you know we've got the day split between the first day being a more collaboration day talking about teams and then the second day being more of a configuration day as well mm-hmm. um so we've got we've got a good mix of different sessions the majority still in person um but some of the sponsor sessions some of the speakers just can't can't travel at the moment so but you know if you're yeah. in person you'll still be in the room you'll still feel engaged with the speaker even though they're remote and the speaker will feel engaged with the people there as well and field questions and answers so mm-hmm. you know, we're okay. trying to work around the the challenges that we have at the moment but the majority how many how many speakers awesome how many volunteers do you have running around I managed to recruit most of my team um, from the COE at Microsoft. <laughs> so I said, "Hey, you come in, want to help?" So um, I, we've got kind of fifteen volunteers. Um, some are international travellers, some are UK travellers, uh, and then we've got some some staff as well. So we've got a, a lot of, I guess, volunteers and people reaching out, willing to help, which is fantastic. Really, um, it's kind of a, a community event for the community, by the community is what we want to live by. And, you know, people have reached out and said, yes, we, you know, we'd love to help, love to be a part of this. So we're very lucky to be in that situation because we couldn't do it without it. me, Mark and Randy would just be all over the place, running around, I'm sure, with our hair on fire if we had it. Um, but, yeah, I so, can't wait. So, good, good. And uh, are the three of you presenting at all? So we will be opening. Um, we'll, we'll be doing sort of an opening, and then we hope to sort of introduce the keynote speakers um, and, and hand over from there. I, I think when when we first get there, and I think we'll be in awe of here we are, and we finally got here from all our conversations and discussions and 
late nights and reorganization of all of this but we, we will be opening the event but we don't have particular sessions we, we wanted to to leave that for all the community to do really so yeah it's kind of one step too far isn't it i guess it, it could be yeah i mean I'd, I'd love to go and you know do, do one of these sessions but i also know that i want to make sure that you know make sure the conference runs right for everybody so that's the priority for us three cool. really is is, is, is the uh, put on a, a, a conference really that's what we want to do but we do we do have some virtual virtual um sessions starting today um so on wednesday the first friday the third next week as well monday wednesday friday um so some virtual sessions leading up to the in-person event on the 15th and 16th so if you want to check out the virtual sessions uh, go, go check out uh, online.converse.com if you want to have a look at some of the the virtual ones coming up cool didn't know that nice yeah moraine do you want to hit the last question sure um so what's the social program going to be like Oh, social program. I mean, that, that's what you come for an in-person conference for, isn't it? Um, of course, yeah. So <laughs> so we've got um, the evening of the 15th, so the first day of the conference, starting around 6 p.m. after the sessions have finished. Uh, we've got quite a lot in store, and we've, you know, we've been busy and wanted to make sure that – I mean, we wanted to make sure that we also have networking as part of this because I think that's part of the part that I've been missing is you know, seeing people networking. So – We've got F1 uh, driving simulators, um, chances to win two tickets to Silverstone um, next year. Um, Pexip, we're, we're doing an Infinity, yeah, Pexip are doing an Infinity Cup. They're sponsoring, they, they, they have some really cool remote control car racing there. So you, you, you get to walk up, sit on sort of some driving racing chairs. You all sit in a line next to each other. Um, and then you look over and you see the little track and then you can drive the remote control cars around. Um, so you, you get a chance there to win an Xbox. Um, so me, Mark and Randy, when we first went there, we, we were like, hey, we've got to get up on there. And if you win, you can walk up to the podium, stand next to Lewis Hamilton. And, and, well, a cardboard, <laughs> a, cardboard, a cardboard cutout of Lewis Hamilton. Um, and then we got virtual reality experiences, um, escape rooms, um, chances to win sort of driving laps around the kind of circuit that's outside as well. Um, wow. We have, yeah, we, we've also got a make your own Giphy booth because you can't use Teams without Giphys. Um, oh, God. And we, well, wow, this sounds like each, so much fun. All the sessions we've got, we, we've got prizes, giveaways throughout the days and the sessions and event, really. Um There'll be food and drink all put on for everybody. There is a, yeah, there is a bar. Um, so we try to give some uh, drink option choices for everybody. Um, so quite a lot in store. That's six till nine on the first day. So we want to keep you busy, people. Nice. Connected, networking, and talking. We only have one question about the drinks. Whiskey. No. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. We have got a good whiskey bar on the night. Of course, and I'm sure Silence. I know. I, I'm sure one of the sponsors will be um, bringing their whiskey bottle with them, which I think you've spoke to. Yeah, already. I think we might. Yes, 
There's a couple yeah. of those. Yeah, we'll look forward to that. <laughs> well, we might just have to make sure we're well prepared. Although we have problems, of course, bringing whiskey in and taking it out now with Brexit. So, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I need to, yes, it is personal consumption. What do you mean I have to drink this bottle before I can come in the country? All right, if you insist. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, there you go. A nice roundup of Converse. I thought that was really good. Um, looking forward to all of those. The keynote speakers, are they kicking off the conference? Or are they a little bit later on so that they're not too late to getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning in the US? Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll be, me, Mark and Randy, Philip will be sort of quick opener and then they're sort of starting the conference on, on the 15th. Um, I think it's it's not too not not too late for them. They've been very gracious to, to get up early and, and help us there. Um, nice. But yeah, I mean, that, that'll be the start to the conference. And uh, yeah, we look forward to, I look forward to meeting you guys as well. Not met you before, but we've spoken, so. We have. Networking and networking. That's one of the reasons we're there. Yeah. And, of course, uh, all of the fun stuff. Uh, now I'm definitely going to start driving these cars. I better start practicing. Uh, I'm going to win that yeah, one. <laughs> it, does, it does when you walk around and see all the cars, and I'm like, oh, you know, that would be really nice to go uh, go and have one of those cars. <laughs> nice. uh, but, yeah, there's there's lots of stuff throughout. And even walking around, there's so much, like, history within Mercedes-Benz world and all of the Weybridge. And there's loads of lots of interesting stuff to do, so. We'll keep you busy. Neat, oh. neat, neat, neat. So that's the 15th and 16th of September, Commsverse. It's at Mercedes World. I think the nearest station is Weybridge. Is that correct? Weybridge, yeah. Yeah, so there's a local so train station put in Weybridge. Put it on the map. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So, Martin, thank you very, very much. Unless Moraine's got a last question, which I doubt, because mm, I think we've gone nope. through our list. Yeah. Excellent. So um, we will see you on the 15th and the 16th. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. I've got another one that I was going to uh, go to, which was Stuart Wright. Uh, Stuart Wright has got a great title, and it just talks about, to, it moves on to where we're going to, really. Simplify the complexity to deliver a great experience. Oh, simplify the complexity okay. to deliver a great experience. Sounds awesome. So, um, what would be the experience he's talking about? Exactly. It's kind of a definition of value that you're going to get from yeah. it. It's like everything. Well, it's a bit like a whiskey, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... Good segue. Yeah, it is, I like that. It's yes. true. But it, but it is like a whiskey. We'll taste a whiskey. And one of the, the, the one things that we know is this whiskey is straight, simple, and good. Or this whiskey is great and complex. Yes. And obviously the process of that whiskey, uh, the complexity, the depth of flavor, the way that it pops up, takes time and effort. And, and yeah, the one we tasted last time on the podcast, you have to store it in a glacier for seven years to get that yes. dark flavor everything else it works. Oh. So if you want a certain amount of value for a certain amount of teams, you can't necessarily keep it simple. So uh, did I say it was Stuart, right? I'll just turn my phone off again. But um, that session looks like it's going to be fun. Um, yes, I think so too. So uh, I'm going to look the, the guy's name up. There it is again. Yeah, Stuart Wright. I'm going to try and get into that one because... Uh, I want to see whether it's directly proportional to keep it simple, no private groups, you know, nothing yeah. too complex, mm. limit the applications. We'll so see. it's yeah. simple, yeah. 
you know, or whether it's just a, a good adoption process that says, guys, these are your core processes. If you steer off these processes, it's going to get complex. But if you just yeah. do this, we can keep it nice and simple. So uh, that'd be interesting to see and take that approach. Yeah. Okay. 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 So the last one I've got is uh, Sam O'Donnell's uh, session around teams policies and group policy assignments. Ah, yes. Because I just want to dive in a little deeper on, on all those things. Policies are, are getting more and more complex. Yeah. And they're kind of a negative impact. Yeah. So this is the policy. And if you're in that policy, that's what you'll get and you won't get this. And if you're in that policy and so it mm -hmm. really does take a strategy. So yes, that yeah. would be a good session yeah. to, to kind of work that out. I've not seen a Ferrari or a Lamborghini compact yet. So this is, you were just fooling me. So I sat by the no, window. You, day, yeah. You? you need to be here during the daytime. Yeah. It's, it's better. Oh. Yeah, daytime is work time. Yeah. yeah, so that sounds like a good session. So there's lots to do at Commsverse next week, week after next. Yes. Next week it's gonna be to it's gonna be busy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it yes. That'd be nice wandering around from place to place again. Room oh, yeah. to room. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. And if the prime minister buggers it tomorrow by saying it's a red zone and we have to quarantine, uh, uh -huh. I won't be pleased. No, because you're staying in, in the UK for quite some time to do a bunch of things. So Yes, I get to see my yeah. grandkids with a little bit of luck. I've got a wedding to go to. I'm staying in London for seven days. So I'm working in London and I'm yeah. seeing a whole bunch of people. So if you're in London, um, I'll be there from the 7th to the beginning of Commsverse, the 14th nice. on Tuesday. Okay. So give us a shout. We'll hook up and we'll go and find a good whiskey bar and grab some whiskey. If I'll definitely Which will there. probably be no problem at all. Yeah. No, it won't be. Okay. It won't be. Cool, 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 cool. Neat, neat. Talking so, about whiskey. Yes. Because we're at Moraine's place. Talking so whereas I know whiskey. what we're drinking, he's chosen today. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, that's a good idea. Because this is a whiskey that I think... This requires the respect of sitting down. To me, this is one of the best whiskies I've drank this year. It's just an odd bag. I know. Uh, but, <laughs> so last year, I uh, after the Scottish uh, summit, I stumbled into a whiskey bar with a few people, with um, um, Albert Hoyting, but also with uh, Vesco. Uh, Nopanen, who is a big whiskey drinker. He's a big whiskey fan. Cool. Um, and uh, together we drank some amazing Arbeck whiskeys there, like the Tragdan from 2017, like bottles of 200, 400 euros. We, we tasted a few. It's a tax man. It was purely networking exactly, with colleagues. Exactly, yes. exactly. So it was just brilliant. Now, I'm a big lover of the Artbeck 10-year-old, the default 10-year-old, which yep. is amazing. I That is one of the whiskies I'm most passionate about. Now, I also have to say, the Artbeck Wee Bisti is one of the whiskies I hate the <laughs> most <laughs> yeah, with a passion. That. I yes. understand that. The 10, I agree with you. I had a bottle. It lasted nearly no time at all and, exactly. and emptied. I didn't yeah. even save it for the one-inch party, which yeah. will be on September the 12th, people. Exactly. So we exactly. need to sort that out because yes. we are definitely going to do that. So. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I spent a bit of my day also browsing the YouTubes and the internet 
and there were a few people also talking about whiskey and they were all saying that the Artbeg Oogdal is actually one of their favorite Artbegs. Really? The yes. Oogdal. Oogdal. It's like, so it looks like it should be something from Night of the Musician. U-I-G-A-E-D-I-A-I-L. Yeah, it's a difficult name to pronounce. But when I was in France and we, we had a, a bottle of whiskey with us and it got finished by some strange reason, we had to buy another. So we were in a whiskey shop and I saw this Oogdal and I said, okay, let's get it. It's not overly expensive. It's more expensive than the normal 10-year-old but it's not in the 100, 200 euro range. All right, so that's it's, the story. Are you going to take the lid off so I can taste it? Yes, because to be honest, this this really blows me away. Cool, looking forward to it. So we, we did bring the 10 out earlier so that uh, I could could have uh, just get a reminder of it. So um, Do you want to have small? No, no uh, um, I'm happy to just, just talk about it here. So uh, obviously, if you don't know, Ardbeg is very peated. It's a, it's a peated whiskey. Um, it's intense and smoky. Um, it it really is a beautiful peated whiskey. Yes, it really is. The ten is the it's a standard to judge most by. To be fair, so if you are looking for something, go with the Ardbeg ten. So I'm really interested in comparing this yes. to the Urgdal. Yes, you when you taste it, you will immediately recognize the typical Ardbeg smell and the typical Ardbeg taste. It's certainly got the nose of an Ardbeg. Exactly. There's a, there's a subtlety about it. Yes. To me, I think it's more, it's sweeter. It's got, it's, it's honey barbecue to me. To me, those words explain it all to me. Honey barbecue. While the default Ardbeg 10-year-old is just like a kick in the nuts without heavy tree rubber kind of taste this is to me honey and barbecue well, it's got a beautiful color it's got yes. that honey kind of uh honey amber uh color to it but the nose i find quite harsh very yes. harsh on the nose so uh it's it's a non-age statement whiskey yeah. and they they say that. it's you will definitely get raisiny tones of uh, old ex-sherry casks so I think this is what happens if you put a 10-year-old on sherry casks. I think it's super interesting. It's brilliant. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Steve might not be a fan. I, I like all whiskeys, obviously, I do. Um, it's got one hell of a fishy finish on it. Yeah, but that's typically an odd big finish. But this one, it's a lot more intense. Yeah, it's still got that bang that you get from an odd back. It's still that heavy peated oomph that you get, but it's just got it's. As you said, more intense, but I think it's got a lot of honey in there. I don't That's get that. my I mean, main. I'll see in a minute whether yeah. I, I get then the second uh, yeah. second taste. Mm -hmm. What did people? Did, was it as you expected, based upon what you'd read? 
Or was it different? I didn't know what to expect, oh, okay. actually. So I, I kind of bought it because a lot of people said that it was really, really good. And then I opened it and drank it. And then I was, I just have to agree. It is very good. The initial nose, I really didn't enjoy. I found it very harsh. And mm -hmm. you know, you talk sometimes yeah. about medicinal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my first nose on this was, was not. But having tasted it now and, mm -hmm. and gone through that finish then I can certainly get that kind of toasted honey, smoked, uh, barbecued bacon-y kind of sweetness there. Yeah. Not a lot of fruit. No. Okay. Now, my first taste, I was not impressed. It was kind of like getting hit in the face with a hammer and you remembered the hit. You didn't, you know, it was... Yeah. So... That's what you get with an R-Bake by default with... I, one of those Isla heavy beaded whiskies, but yeah, I might buy a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> so it, here's my advice, folks: don't go with the first sip. No. Because the first sip really was not pleasant. I found it was raw. It's probably the uh, the the word I would describe it with. Mm -hmm. But I'm guessing that as you work your way down the glass then you start to get the subtleties of it. It's still a, a burn, though, on the tongue, on the finish. Yeah. And you have to wait a long time before you start to get those flavors in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that peat that just blocks everything out right in the beginning. Right the sides of the tongue. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. But if you give it so, a little moment to breathe, then it will come out and it will be... A pleasant experience. Is it a, a new whiskey? Is it something they've released recently, or is it something? No, I think for a few I think years? they already have that for a number of years. Mm. So it's not that new, um, but I'm I'm really pleasantly surprised. Now this this is not an, an everyday whiskey uh, to me. This no, is too complex to be an, an everyday drinks whiskey. While the ten year old would be a perfect. That would be perfect. That, that I I would get that just to to uh, wash my teeth after I <laughs> after I brush them. That that would be perfect for me. But um, no, the Ugdal is something that you need to enjoy while you sit down and and yeah, do something meaningful. <laughs> for for me, it's not smooth enough for that. Okay. For me, for me, I think it really is a kind of power whiskey. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure no, it when, still I, is. Would en it still when is, yeah. I would enjoy drinking this. Hmm. I'm guessing I would enjoy drinking it having walked up a thousand meters and I'm sitting at the top of the hill and I take the hip flask out and boom. Then I can understand, you know, the wind on your face and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sitting there, it's not even a warm fire whiskey. No, you know, because it, it the, the whiskey itself is a warm fire. Yes, that's true. That's true. It's because it's that smoky, but really like barbecue smoky but bacon. But I find the punch loses that smokiness a little bit. It is it is unusual. Yes. I don't think it's going to be on my favorite list. I'm not gushing about this, and I normally gush about every whiskey we taste. Yeah. Yeah. Worth it, though. It is. Really yes. It. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can see it's already. Yeah. Already it's already half halfway down. down, 
and I I only got this like a few weeks ago. So yeah, for me, I I think that uh, that punch is is hiding the subtleties of there. I agree with you. There are mm-hmm. there are kind of honey bacony uh, barbecued kind of yes. flavor there, but the alcohol it, it's not. I mean, I'm guessing it's a, a normal forty three, forty five, or something. Uh, Fifty four. Oh, so yes. Yeah. 54. So that may be what it is. Yeah. That that alcohol is kind of hiding it which gives it a long finish yeah well that's interesting i didn't expect that my friend that was unusual Mm -hmm. um but uh now maybe i'll have to try a few more of those when i'm not driving yes it will grow on you i think you're right (laughs) i think it might well do it does yeah um it's a little bit like the uh the illic you know you hated it to start off with and then a year later you went maybe not yeah exactly it'll take yeah. time yeah oh well, cool that was a great experience an odd bag it's not my top of the the choice when i buy a whiskey i have to mm-hmm. say um but i do enjoy it i did uh i think i bought a 10 around the corner from here when we was here last time yeah um, and i still got the tin on the top of my shelves yes so. yeah yeah that warehouse uh tin. Yeah. yes exactly yeah neat 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 all right all right so why is it called that by the way is there a particular reason oh yeah the ugdal is and i'm just reading from the back of the bottle is the uh mysterious uh, lock that provides the peatland water for outback okay okay so i was surprised they've not used the name more dominantly than that but there you go yeah cool cool so that was the whiskey which was interesting on top of a, a great conversation yes go on you wanted to say something no no absolutely not neat neat well this is a very simple podcast that turned yes. out to be quite deep in the end so just looking at some of the great sessions for commsverse mm-hmm. 15th and 16th of september yeah and uh looking forward to the sessions that we had and, and identifying those questions we ask when it comes to ms teams and you know the exactly. strategy of we want to go to MS Teams. Why? Well, because everybody else is. Okay, let's <laughs> let's actually drill down a bit and look at yes. some of those values yes. and requirement analysis. That is yeah, the thing exactly. that I took away from this podcast. Yeah. Do a requirements analysis. No, that's interesting. It's so easy just to turn it on and go with it, which is what Microsoft want you to do. Of course, they want yeah, you to get in there quick. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, regulations are so regulatory. Things are so important nowadays. Mm-hmm that you have to, I guess, at some point, think yeah. about them. So, so that was cool. So thank you, my friend. It's a real pleasure. Nice to be in your place for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, makes a change. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess it's probably over to me to say goodbye. Exactly. All right, cool. So we have looked at some of the sessions from Commsverse, and I really hope you've enjoyed our take on it. There are 78 of them. We've talked about 10. Okay, um, and they're all around MS Teams. There are still places available at Commsverse, whether you're going to go remotely or face-to-face. If you're face-to-face, we'll be there. We'll be at the party on the first night, and I'll have my hip flask in, and I won't have any of the Ardbeg, but uh, we might have a few things. I that might smuggle, smuggle a bottle in. Yeah, yeah. But, but we'll be there to talk, uh, and yeah, tell us about the podcast, tell us what we think, and all that kind of stuff. I do want to say... September the 12th. If you go to our website, okay, moreneandsteve.com, you will find on the pop-up page uh, your ticket is waiting for you to claim. And exactly. then uh, on the 12th of September, we're going to do a, a either a live event or a, certainly a live recorded event 
where you can bring the last whiskey inch in any of your bottles and tell everybody about it, share it with uh, with other um, Office 365, Microsoft 365 people that like whiskey. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best presentation will get a shot of the whiskey from the last podcast, which has been sitting in a glacier in Europe for the last seven years. Very complex, beautiful, very ending in chili kind of whiskey mm-hmm. uh, with a nice, um, yeah, a little more subtle than this art bag. But, um, <laughs> but that's okay. That's yeah. fine. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll, uh, I'll, I'll present that to uh, the best presentation of their last one-inch party on September the 12th. So, awesome. hey, it's a goodbye from me. Um, hopefully, we'll see you at comms first. If not, then uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. And, Moran, I'll let you say goodbye. Goodbye. We are not millennials. We are mature. Steve may be more than Maren. Maturing the business like whiskey in a barrel.